0: Welcome to today's episode of the Normalized Surrogacy Podcast by Surrogacy Mentor. I'm your host, Carrie Flamer Powell, experienced gestational surrogate, surrogacy agency founder and owner of Surrogacy Mentor and Modern Parent Mentor, where our aim is a safe, ethical and enjoyable surrogacy journey for all. I'm joined by our very special guests, Jarrett Zafran and Yesenia Lemus of Brownstone Surrogacy. Welcome, guys thank you for having us. Absolutely. So we're excited to chat with you guys today. So today we're talking about surrogacy agencies, your perspective on the process and the industry and why you do this and why you think ethical standards matter in our industry. But before we dive into all of that, let me share a little bit about each of you. So Jarrett, is an attorney and father through surrogacy and egg donation, and he is the founder and director of Brownstone Surrogacy. He and his husband, Elliot, worked with a large, reputable agency to have their daughter, Naomi. Their experience was fine and their surrogate was wonderful, but a certain personal touch was missing. After New York legalized compensated gestational surrogacy, Jarrett began to envision a new type of surrogacy agency, one that married competence and professionalism With the type of compassionate guidance and personalized support, a person expects more from a friend, not an agency. Jarrett received his A.B. from Harvard University and his J.D. Magna Cum Laude from NYU School of Law. Prior to founding Brownstone, Jarrett worked as a litigator at Willer-Hale, focused on complex litigation regulatory and enforcement matters, and pro bono cases related to criminal justice, immigration, and LGBT rights. Jarrett lives with his husband, two daughters, Naomi and Annie, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And Yesenia is passionate about all things pregnancy and surrogacy. In 2020, she carried twins for a couple from California. Her experience was so positive that she continued to stay involved in the field, Consulting for various agencies. She has worked as a surrogate mentor for Brownstone since the agency's inception. Yesenia holds a bachelor's degree in global economics from UC Santa Cruz and a master's degree in public administration with specialization in organizational leadership from National University. She lives with her husband and two children in central California. So again, both of you welcome now that we know a little bit about both of you and brownstone um jared why don't you start us off by just telling us a little bit more about when and why you started brownstone surrogacy
1: thank you carrie um so you heard a little bit in that bio and and thank you for that but um the backstory is that my older daughter was born in march of 2020 and um it, obviously, that was a very interesting time to have a newborn in New York City um, at the outset of the COVID pandemic. And my husband and I both had COVID when she was a week old. Um, right. But when she was three weeks old, New York finally, on April 1st of 2020, finally became the 47th state to uh, legalize compensated gestational surrogacy. Um, but when it passed that bill, it did a lot of interesting things, including become the first and still only state where the government is involved in regulating what they call surrogacy matching programs. And they enshrined in the law a, a lot of best practices that organizations like SEEDS have been pushing for for years, including that there shouldn't be a conflict of interest. Everybody should have independent representation and something called the Surrogate's Bill of Rights, which... Um, requires that there be comprehensive health insurance in place, life insurance at a certain level, um, and making crystal clear that every surrogate has the right to her own medical decisions. Um, And so that really inspired me to quit the law firm you mentioned and um, take a leap of faith and, and create the agency that in retrospect, our surrogate, my husband and I really would have wanted guiding us. Um, and you know, honestly, Yesenia has uh, a a very similar story in wanting to do this the right way. And so that's why I, I found a kindred spirit and uh, induced her to join me in this adventure,
0: yeah. And so how did you guys meet? How did you come to do this together?
1: Well, honestly, I violated the Facebook group rules. It was the <laughs> one and only time I sent a private message. And as you know, those group rules are are uh, and administrators are very. Intense um, for good reason to make sure that we have the right community and the right advice being given. Um, And it was the only time that I have sent a PM in violation of group rules. And I told Yesenia that time and time again, her comments in response to a million and one different questions that, um, you know, first time surrogates had were exactly word for word what I would have written. They were compassionate, they were factual. Um, you know, they, they just struck the right tone and they had the right information. And so I was like, I don't know where this is going to go, but can we chat? And she said, yes, definitely.
0: Awesome. I love that. So, Yesenia, you came on board, um, like right in the beginning, right? Of Brownstone?
2: Yeah. Early on, I came on just kind of as a consultant, I suppose, can help Jarrett with some of the, um, some of the wording on the website, some of the, you know, just giving the surrogate's perspective um, when it came to starting everything with Brownstone. And it wasn't until about a year ago that I joined on as a staff, you know, as, as a co-director, right, with Jarrett. Love that. Awesome.
0: Okay, so you guys are members of SEEDS. And when I say SEEDS, I'm talking about the Society for Ethics and Egg Donation and Surrogacy, of which I'm the current co vice president. So, all things disclosed here. Um, and I've been a member for years. Um, so, you guys are members, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about um, what, in your words, what is Seeds and why did you
2: join? We wanted to join Seeds because really we wanted it, it's everything that we are hoping our agency would be, right? Our, our goal is to create this agency that does everything very ethically, that takes care of our surrogates and intended parents equally.
1: So ethics is really in the DNA of our agency. It's what inspired me to leave my job as a litigator to start this agency because we really want to empower everybody's decisions. I just fundamentally don't think um, your lawyer should be chosen for you. Your escrow agent should be chosen for you. Your psychologist should be chosen for you. You should you know, be entitled to set your compensation, choose your team. Um, but obviously, that can be really uh, difficult to sort through. And not everybody is attuned to the nuances of what makes a good attorney in this space, or what you're looking for in an escrow agent, or even that you want independent third party escrow. And so I think that's why an agency is there to educate, but then empower, not decide for, but make sure that everybody really knows what they're getting into, and especially on the surrogate side. I mean, education is such a huge part of. I know what you do, Carrie, and why your organization is so incredible. Um, but also, what we try to do our level best to make sure that every surrogate understands the medical risks, the psychological risks, the ins and the outs, the hurry up and wait, the delays that feel endemic to uh, any surrogacy journey, um, and. Just make sure that there are no surprises and that everything is transparent and above board. And Seeds has been pushing for a lot of that for years, and now with the uh, rollout of its standards, um, you know, it even, it means even more. And so, you know, now more than ever, we're so proud to be members of Seeds. Um, and then, as a New York licensed agency, we also uh, report to the State Department of Health. We have a license from them. And if we ever ran afoul of the practices enshrined into New York law, we could have that license revoked. And um I tend to be a fan of government regulation um, as much as it makes agencies' lives easier to self-regulate. I welcome any outside organization, including the state government, um, to make sure that things are really happening the way they should.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so for... for- people that are listening or watching that might not be familiar new york is aside i guess maybe from california and you can probably tell me if that's legally accurate or not but they're really the first state to like step in and truly regulate surrogacy i know california has much more uh, i guess administrative process or legal process than any other state until new york Um, But before this, New York was what we call a a red flag state or a red light state, meaning absolutely not. You cannot do surrogacy in New York. It is illegal and don't do it. And then all of a sudden they went from a red light to like the greenest green light state because now they're the ones that stepped up and said, fine, we will allow it. However, We will regulate it. We will make sure that everyone's protected. We'll make sure it's very clear how this is going to work and we'll issue licenses. And so that's been received sort of differently by different people in the industry. But as a whole, I agree with you that if it's regulation that's making surrogacy better and safer and more ethical, and it's especially in line with what we've been trying to do already in this industry for years and decades. Particularly at seeds, which is self regulate, right? Um, I think that it's for the better of everyone. So I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me, um, what do you feel are the most pressing issues in surrogacy today? And maybe we start by thinking from the surrogate's perspective. What do you think is the most pressing issue for surrogates today?
2: And how is Brownstone addressing that? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different issues with surrogacy, and I think a lot of it has to do with the lack of education. Um, I think a lot of people go into surrogacy with, you know, rose-colored lenses, you know, thinking that it's going to be this beautiful journey. And of course, it can be and it should be. But I think that there's a lot of um, misinformation, stigma, lack of information out there for our surrogates. So I think that's something that we spend a lot of time doing as an agency is really educating our surrogates, um, helping them feel empowered throughout the process because you, know, you can't feel empowered without knowing what you're getting yourself into and knowing all of the options out there. Um, and just like Jared said, and that's with choosing your attorneys and choosing your, you know, the escrow company. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think that a big part of my job is making sure that our surrogates know what their options are. And in a, a system where we probably as surrogates feel like we have so little control because we're dealing with doctors and attorneys and, you know, uh, agencies and tenant parents that surrogates should know that there's, there's a great deal of control on our sides. Um, and that we get to make a lot of the decisions. And I think a lot of surrogates don't know that. Right. Um, so that's why I try really hard to advocate for them and to make sure that they, are really educated in what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And as a small agency trying to do this in a really personal way, we're bucking up against a trend of consolidation, of private equity money, of bigger and bigger agencies. And that can be great. But in practice, this is a essentially human endeavor. You are carrying somebody else's child. You are trusting somebody else to carry your child. Mm-hmm. And at its core, both sides of the equation—intended parents and surrogates—need to feel like they are truly supported at every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. And so, I honestly, the story that I heard from our own surrogate um, about our agency that was really the straw that broke the camel's back, camel's back, and and led me to quit my job and start this agency is that she would get a copied and pasted email sent to her at exactly the same time every four weeks. And that was the way the agency was supporting her. And honestly, you should be able to text somebody and call them and they should know who you are. And they should be able to answer your questions uh, professionally, but also with a lens towards helping you make the right decision for you. And I think this is not a one size fits all endeavor. And for a surrogate going into this um complicated process or intended parents that are spending well over $100,000 and multiple years of their lives trying to finally bring home a child, Um, you just want somebody in your corner. And so I think if I look at like 2024 and the trend lines, I am proud to be, I, I call us a mom and pop agency where both of us just happen to be married to other men, mm-hmm. um, but it we really are a mom and pop agency. And, um, even as we grow, I want to retain that essential personal quality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way with my agency that I owned and it's possible. It is, it's, it's a constant endeavor, as you said, to, to stay on that Cause as you grow, it becomes harder and harder. Right. But it's possible and it's important. And I think that the agencies that are doing it right these days are the ones that don't lose sight of that personal connection for sure. Awesome. Um, so tell me about um talking about ethics and talking about, you know, self-regulation and what we can do in the industry as professionals to keep everything above board and transparent. Tell me what role do you feel an agency plays in creating and upholding those standards?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously something that Yesenia and I deal with literally every day because all every fiber of your being wants to say yes to every surrogate applicant, wants to take on every intended parent, um, but you need to have a bigger picture as to um, is this surrogate a good candidate for this, for her own health and well-being, her mental health, her family, in addition to, you know, carrying this child to full term and without complication. Are these intended parents um, in a position, and I I hate to judge who should be a parent, but I'm not going to take on an 80-year-old single intended parent because Mm -hmm. that child turns 18, that Mm -hmm. parent most likely actuarially will not be alive anymore. And so there's always um, there's incentives always towards the bottom mm-hmm. um, and it's a really sh- uh, it's a it's a struggle each and every day to hold those lines to make sure that there are no conflicts of interest that everybody has independent third party counsel when it comes to legal advice, insurance advice, financial management um and the same is true for the protection of the surrogate it you know intended parents will be will will say something like, well, why do I need to put $100,000 in escrow up front? I'm not going to stiff her. Like, yeah, you may not be the person that leaves her with medical bills in her name, but we know the stories of the other people that Pat and the surrogate's credit that has been affected and the bankruptcy proceedings. Mm-hmm. And so if I didn't insist on the ethical guidelines and the strictures being upheld in every single case what, you know, perhaps that horror story would be a Brownstone horror story. And that is what I think both Yosemite and I live in sort of waking fear of. We never want to be that example. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I give so much credit to all of the other agencies out there doing this the right way, because I know that day in, day out, it requires that effort to self-regulate to uphold the seed standards, to do things in the way where you can feel good about what you're doing at the end of the day, not just your bottom line.
0: Absolutely. And it's such a fine balance between trying to keep that personal connection and that, that empathy for each individual's passion and journey and desire and situation and saying, I want to make an exception, but I can't. And this is why. And, you know, if using the example of escrow, I had that come up a lot, too, as an agency owner. And my response was always, I trust you. The surrogate trusts you. But we don't know if you're going to lose your job in six months. We don't know if there's going to be a terrible tragedy in your life where income becomes an issue. Nobody can predict the future. And this is a protection for everyone, right? And it's finding that balance of like still being empathetic and still understanding like this is a a personal journey for every single person. But we have to be sticklers, right? We have to say, and you guys especially being in New York, you have an extra set of regulation and an extra set of rules that don't apply to the rest of the country um, that make it even more important that you're, you know, dotting those I's and crossing all those T's. But I just think, as a whole, that it's a difficult position sometimes to be in as a professional to say, "I wish there was a way around this, but there's just not." And on the surrogate side, uh, one that I can think of that came up a lot was surrogates who were just so passionate about being a surrogate and just dedicated to doing everything that's required of them to become qualified. At the end of the day, they're just not qualified. There's just something that's keeping them from being qualified. And you know, in their heart, they truly believe they should be a surrogate and having to break it to them that it's just not in the cards. It sucks. It sucks on a personal level and a professional level, right? Because you want, like you said, Jared, to be able to say, yes, we need surrogates. We want to accept you. But we know that
2: ethically it's not possible. And it's so hard. It's important to do that with compassion. But I think where I think that that's where education comes in as well. Right. Not just saying, yeah. sorry, you don't qualify or t- yep. t- parents like you have to use this escrow account. Yep. Um, it's explaining the why. And I it think helps with some of those difficult decisions sometimes because you, there's a reason in place and it's not personal and it's not, you know, it's it's there for a reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yes, definitely. And so what do you wish, and I'll let maybe Jarrett, I'll let you answer this from the perspective of intended parents, and Yesenia, Yesenia, I'll let you answer this from the perspective of surrogates. What do you wish potential parents and or surrogates knew about the process? So if they're just getting started and they're thinking about being a surrogate or embarking upon being intended parents. What's the number one thing that you wish they knew before they ever reached out to an agency? I'll let Yesenia start. Okay.
2: I think um, just knowing how much of a commitment it is early on and how much time it can take. I think we think, oh, we're pregnant. I live my life normal. I'm pregnant. It's no big deal. But there's there's definitely a lot of restrictions and a lot of other, um, you know, there's a lot that needs to be taken into consideration, and a lot of planning involved. So I think a lot of people, again, come into this a little bit naively. I know I definitely did during my first journey, um, and so just really spending the time to educate yourself, to know what you're getting into, and um, you know what what the restrictions may be throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: What about you? Um, and I would actually, I would have a similar answer on the IP side. I think um emphasizing the process aspect of this in both positive and negative ways. The negative is that um, intended parents come oftentimes with years of history leading up to turning to surrogacy, um, knowing that it's not quick, it's not uh, affordable by any stretch. But, um, Making sure that we manage those expectations that this really is a process. You're going to be waiting for match. You're going to have many months between match and transfer. Not every transfer is necessarily going to succeed. Not every pregnancy will be uncomplicated as best as we try. And so just preparing them for what feel oftentimes like inevitable ups and downs, Mm -hmm. you know, great surrogate goes travels to your clinic. We discover some polyps that she needs to remove and then we can. Proceed, that kind of thing. Um, there just almost always is something that comes up. And so if they're prepared for that, um, that's the better mindset to go into this. The positive side is that the process itself works. And so by the time you get to that embryo transfer, you know, this this person that may have started off as a veritable stranger that you're now entrusting to carry your child. Has gone through medical records review, has been cleared by her own OB, has been cleared by your reproductive endocrinologist, has met with lawyers and negotiated this contract, has been psychologically cleared. When we use very good clinical psychologists who are doing the tests and doing the tests on spouse or partner and meeting with both of them and going back for a group session with all three or four of you, and um, so you know there are so many steps, so many checks, and so many gatekeepers. That by the time you get to that embryo transfer, you can have faith. You can really invest trust because this is somebody who is committed and has shown their commitment in the same way. And so I think for people that start off with the like, I just don't know how I can do this emotionally, that I can just have a collaborative pregnancy. Um, by the time they get to that step where they are expecting, a lot of those fears start to fade away just because the process itself is really set up in a way that, um, instills trust, I think. And that's certainly how I felt. And, um, we are both of our surrogates are so near and dear to us. Um, you know, like family and both of our daughters, well, the one is a little too young to really totally comprehend, but our older daughter knows exactly how she came into this world. Um, And I have no reservations about how I built my family, so much so that I literally quit my very stable law practice to, to do this because I think it's so beautiful and that's a testament to that process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said about the inevitable ups and downs is super important for people to understand. I always tell people surrogacy is a hurry up and wait process. It is going to be from the day you start until the day you end this process. Hurry up and wait. Every step's going to come with a rush of activity and paperwork and excitement and deadlines and appointments. And then there's going to be nothing and there's going to be nothing. And then all of a sudden there's another deadline, right? It's like it is hurry up and wait by nature. And if you just set yourself up to expect that, it won't feel so up and down, as you said. So I think that's an important lesson for people to understand that it's, as Yesenia said, it's a long process. Um, Minimum 18 months is what I always tell people to anticipate in this process. For surrogates, it can be even longer because of all of the pre-qualification and screening and paperwork. Um, But yes, I think if you understand the road that's ahead of you transparently before you get on that road, it makes it so much easier. So. Well, I just appreciate all that you guys are doing to keep things ethical and above board and positive and all the great things that I feel like you guys are doing in the industry. And super happy to have you guys as members of SEEDS and contributing to our community as a whole. So. Thank you for being here today. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Normalize Surrogacy Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Carrie, and I want to again thank Garrett and Yesendia of Brownstone easy Surrogacy babe. for joining me today. Be sure to check us out online at surrogacymentor.com if you're interested in knowing whether surrogacy is right for you. Take our easy two-minute quiz on our website. Also check out modernparentmentor.com if you are considering an independent surrogacy journey as a surrogate or intended parent subscribe to this podcast to learn more about gestational surrogacy and how to have a safe, ethical, and enjoyable surrogacy journey. Talk to you next time. Thank you.